All right, let's pick up. Uh, we started on the fall. Um, we got into the three um, issues there. We got the lust of the flesh. Um, then we got the lust of the eyes. And then we got the um, pride of life. Make one wise <laughs> argument that Satan used. Um, I did want to give you the references... All right, so let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 4. This is the story of the temptation of Christ. Um, you know, in all these, in this original thing with the serpent and Eve, what I want to show and us to realize that we do have an adversary. You know, this idea that Christianity has, it, it blows me away. They just make it sound like everything is okay because it's something that I enjoy because they ignore the fact that there is someone out there trying to detract us from what God wants. And so when you move along in that ideology that there's not someone out there trying to detract me, then, then you allow that possibility of, Anything is okay because it's nothing is wrong. Jesus is love, after all, right? And so anything that you know come I come across, I can do because it's not going to hurt me. But that's not the case. And so we have the God's initial creation with the woman. Well, then we see further along, we have Christ being tempted. And we all know that story, and, and we'll probably get to it later down the road. But Matthew 4, verse 3 says, And when the tempter came to them, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Okay? So there you have the, the lust of the flesh. Okay? Christ was hungry. Remember, it was uh, the 40 days had gone on. And he definitely, definitely had the power. And I'll be quite honest, if I had the power of Christ... I don't know if it had been bread. It probably would have been Richard's Pizza or something like that. But, right? Um, there would have been, you know. Let me show you how good I really am. That's right. Bread. How about bread with pepperoni and sausage? See, I would have opened a show off. That's why I, that's why I wasn't picked, okay? Um, um, so there's, I have no lust of the flesh. I have zero control, as you can tell, okay? Um, so, you know, you have that, of course, once again, how we, how we discussed Christ, you know, he combats that with the word of God, with scripture. Um, if you roll down to verse six, Matthew four, verse six, you have the pride of life. He said, and saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. In their hands they shall bear thee up, lest any time thou shalt dash um, thy foot against a stone. Here you have the idea that, you know, you could jump off this and they're going to save you because, you know, you are who you are and they're going to take care of you. And, um, so you have the pride of life. And then in verse 9, he goes after the lust of the eyes. And he saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Okay, so you have the exact same temptation from the creation, 
then you know four to five thousand years later depending on what you think the timetables are you have the exact same thing with Jesus Christ and the importance of that is you have the mother of all living then you have the savior of the world if he's willing to go after such pivotal people you think he cares if he tempts any of us we're not anything special you know I mean there was only two people on the earth it's not like he's like well you know they'll know it's me so I'll stay away until they get some more people my you know so he went after them he went after Christ he has zero issue with any of that so he, he doesn't care about any of us um, we have a situation there that of course you know that Adam went on um, Adam should have refused he should have destroyed that fruit. I don't know what would have happened. You know, I, I, I'm under the impression that had he destroyed it, this is just Trevor's guess, all would have been swell. I mean, it would have been fine. Um, at the very least, we'd have got a new Eve, you know, Mary or something, <laughs> Joanne or something, you know. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, with the idea of the husband, the head of the household and all that kind of stuff, you know, I, I would assume, that's just my guess, but still, um, then, you know, he should have, he should have just followed what he was supposed to follow. Okay, both of them, but they didn't. Um, he allowed Eve to persuade him. But that's kind of how all that spirals completely out of control. You know, you just have this little innocent looking. That's how the devil gets into your head. It's just this little stuff. And he just needs you, just needs you off just enough. Because the devil, he knows his time's coming, but he's got plenty of time to work all this. So just little by little by little. All right. So now where we picked off 3 verse 7. And here's where, here's where um, Adam and Eve are confronted. All right. We have the sin. Um, they get what they get. In verse 7, someone read verse 7 there for me. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Is that what you meant? I'm not right, like. Um, no, I'm sorry, we're back in Genesis. Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. I'm oh, sorry. That's my fault. I know, I was too. I didn't hear anyone else's pages. I was going to stay here. I was going to stay And they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So here you have, after they eat what they shouldn't have eaten, now they realize they're naked. Um, interesting part about that is what's the first thing they do? Cover themselves. They attempt to fix the situation the way they think. Okay? Here you have, boom, all of a sudden they realize that they're naked. And that in and of itself is weird to me. You know, how do you not know you're naked? <laughs> But if you weren't never clothed in the first place, why? How all of a sudden do you now know that you should be clothed, right? Um, but obviously, that's part of the you know eating of the tree and that kind of stuff. But what's interesting is it's the exact same thing most of us try. 
as soon as we realize we're starting to get outside of what God wanted, we start fixing it our way. Oh, you know, this isn't, you know, this ain't quite right. How can I do this to take care of this that suits me? All right, suit of armor leaves here. So you have this situation where they realize that they that they're naked, that they're no longer what God planned for them to do, and then they start. Then they move forward. Verse eight. Someone read verse eight for me. And they heard a voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. You see the progression? So they try to fix it amongst themselves. Then the next thing, what are they doing now? Running. 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 They're hiding. This is how sin works. Sin starts getting you down that path. Next thing you know, now now you're like, well, I can't, you know, I'm not, I can't go before God. I can't. This is how so many people start to fall out of church. The most important thing you can do when you're going through hard times or whatever you're going through is to make sure you stay solid in the house of God. Whether you want to be here or not, because I'll tell you, there are many Sundays, especially what I've gone through here lately. I know everyone here has a lot of hard times. And the first thing you do is, you know, I'll just, just stay in bed today. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just not go tonight. Or it's Wednesday and I'm tired. The most important thing you do is, is kick it up a notch. Dedicate yourself even stronger. Get here more often. Get around these people, those of us that pick on you but do love you. You know, most of you. Um, To where you're going to get at least good, decent, biblical, you know, help. You know, at the very much, you know, very little hugs and, you know, just support and pat on the back and, and that kind of stuff. Because if not, then this is what starts to happen is then it's, you know, I know I'm not doing what's right. And next thing you know, it's, well, I don't really know, you know, that argument, I don't really know many people at church. How often do you go? Well, you know, I don't really go all that often, you know. Stay in the word of God. (laughs) Stay deep into your prayers. Listen, God understands that we're not perfect, you know. And here in this situation, they hide because they know what they're doing is not what God told them to do. And so when you see people starting to go that path, it's nothing new. And listen, what we're going through or what, however we're getting off the beaten path, it's not unique to you. You know, and so many people get the, the you know, well, this is, why is this happening to me? No one really understands. We do. You know, I may not know you know exactly what that particular situation is but but i i know what it's like to be attacked i know what it's like to not live to do what is right i know what those feelings are like you know this is the church is (coughs) a hospital for the hurting you know we we come to get out of this world that's against us to try to hopefully if we're in a good church it's a place where satan's not welcome and we have at least a few moments of zero attack okay um and and a lot of this as you start to fall away you'll see these people um 
they you know they start denying they like they leave the faith you have those people well, I used to be Christian you know but I gave up on that foolishness or that's the road that hiding from God ends up taking to the point that you you purposely distance yourself so far from him because of what he's doing to your heart if you're a true honest child of God you can't get I don't think you can get far enough away from God at all but from the Holy Spirit I think that's why people act out I think that's why when people are in the wrong they're angry I think that's why they personally attack you and try to make you look like a bad person because the Holy Spirit is attacking what is going on and just like in this situation where God calls for them and they run they're running and they're hiding and you know so often we're like well those people have just gone off the rails they're being uh, their, their consciousness is, is constantly being spoken to by the Holy Spirit and a lot of times we just have to look at them and say you know what I love them and if they want to attack me then let them attack me because they're the ones that's dealing with God they're the ones that's going to stand and answer just like they are um, of course then you have sometimes what they do is they grab a hold of false beliefs to kind of soften some of that I think that's a lot of these other um, belief systems it's easier it's more palatable so you know you can kind of still follow the word of God kind of like what Eve you know and, and Adam you know, you know it's not that big of a deal and so you can still kind of these three you can still kind of feed these three and feel like you've done your spiritual thing like you know I, I pop in most Sunday mornings for church you know um, there was there was this um, this joke that, that I heard pastor went over and had dinner uh, a couple a family invites him over for dinner and after dinner of course he all leaves and a couple days later the wife starts talking to the husband and she goes I can't find our our silver spoon you know they had laid out all the good stuff I can't find our silver spoon anywhere I think pastor stole our stole our spoon so they went on for this like months and months and months right they finally invite the pastor over again to have dinner after um, much time has passed and the wife she just couldn't handle it anymore she during dinner she says listen I just want to get this off my chest she goes uh, last time you were here you stole stole our silver spoon mm -hmm. the pastor says no she says I, I didn't steal it he says I stuck it in your Bible oh. <laughs> <laughs> what's that <laughs> surprised I had a Bible yeah so, you know, I understand that that's a joke, but it really speaks to, you know, how important is, you know, worshiping God. This idea that worshiping God is you show up and, you know, you have a bunch of really good music and you raise your hands and all that kind of stuff. Listen, that is a minute part of worshiping God. Worshiping God is with your whole entire 100% devoted to God. You know, you're constantly in his word. You know, I understand we have life. I understand things happen. But if we, you know, I'm, listen, I'm just as bad. You know, Facebook is an addiction to me. You know, I'll open up Facebook, close it out, and then pick it right back up in case something just happened the last second or two, right? It's like, you know, I find myself clicking between it and then my emails and then back to it. And then, just, you know, it's, it's really, really bad. Um, 
If I spent as much time reading the Word of God, I probably would have read through it. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of times. It, I mean, I'm being honest yeah. with myself. You know, it's it's really bad. But again, you know, the idea is that God gets into that, and you know, you start running, so you find other things to take the place. You these people don't start out hate, hating God. At least believers, people in church, they don't start out. They the prayer life stops, the Bible reading stops, the friendships kind of drift, the attendance, the the participation <laughs> starts to slide. Then all of a sudden, then you don't see them, you know, then you do see them, and then you don't see them a little less, you know, and then the next thing you know, they're just gone, um, you know, and that's a sad thing. Um, and they fade away so slowly once they're gone, you don't, a lot of times we don't even realize it, and we haven't, you know, messaged them, we haven't tried to contact them. A lot of times they just need us. Pastor can't be in complete um, I don't want to say control, but he, he can't see everybody that's not around. It is our jobs to make sure we at least send stuff out to reach the people that we haven't seen in a while because of this right here. Um, verses 9 through 11. Who wants to read those for me? <clears throat> called unto Adam and he said unto him where art thou and he said I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself and he said who told you that thou was naked hast thou eaten from the tree where have I commanded thee that thou shouldn't shouldest not eat is it amazing <laughs> to me that um, God actually asks, asks questions yeah <laughs> <laughs> like he didn't know where Adam and Eve were hiding. Right? Like this, they're serious. With their... didn't want you to admit. <laughs> and and, and yeah. you're exactly right. I mean, here you have he asked, you know, where are you? You know, did you do something wrong? Um, because the the fact is, is that's the first the first step is acknowledging that it is something that you're doing incorrectly, and that's what so many people cannot do is admit that. They're in the wrong. David, you have something you're supposed to say? No. Oh. Um, and I think that's why God does this. He needs them to first admit that they're in the wrong. So when he asks, you know, where are you? Why are you hiding? What did you do? And I think that's what causes a lot of us to start that hiding and that running because we're not willing to admit, especially individuals that are following belief systems that aren't quite right. They're not even willing to entertain the idea that what they believe could be wrong. You know, and that's, I think it's very important, pastor or not, teacher or not, if there is something in here that I teach, I should be approachable. I should be willing for, say, hey, you know what, this is, I, I've always believed this, this particular way or this way. Because I, I'm not going to be... As much as I think I want to be, I'm not always going to be 100% correct. And there's things now that I believe differently than I did 10 years ago. You know, and we grow in a lot of our study and our knowledge, the people we come across and what God shows to us. Uh, and I've said it here a lot, and we were just discussing it. I was discussing with a guy at work. <clears throat> Throughout our the day we were saved and so forth, it's been a journey, and so God will show us different things in our life that he doesn't want in our lives. 
So what he shows me today is not the same that he was showing me years ago. He may allow certain younger Christians or whatnot to live with particular sin in their life for a while. That is not acceptable for me right now. I mean, it's not acceptable for them, but it's not something. There's other things in their lives that he's trying to point out and, and claim for them. I always use the example of cleaning our room. When I go to my kids and I say, I need you three to clean your room. The different ages, the different places they are in their lives, they're each going to clean their room incorrectly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but differently. Differently. Because the type of person they are, the, the, the age they are, how many times they've been yelled at in the past, they're going to look at their room and they're going to see, okay, all right, mom's got on me about my pile of clothes, so I need to make sure I pick up my pile of clothes. You know, mom's got on me about my toys, I need to pick up my toys. The other ones are going to say, you know, what's wrong with all the plates and the dishes and the ants? You know, there's not <laughs> Right? Ants got to eat too. Yeah, ants got to eat too. Um, and so, so it takes several times of going in the room of, of okay, well, now I need this. Now I need this. Um, I've told you a hundred times that, that, you know, why is that still in here? Uh, kids are annoying. I don't know how we all make it to adulthood. It's, it's, <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, you know, I think mine are all grown up until I go downstairs to the basement of my 19-year-old. Well, there you go. Okay. I go to the basement of my 19-year-old, I'm thinking, seriously, that's where all of the dishes are at, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, you laugh, but when when one of the when one of the kids started doing the dishes and the in the dishwasher and stuff, we ran out of forks. They just we had to go buy new forks. I'm pretty sure they were throwing them away as they cleaned plates. Cheryl, when you were talking about bedrooms, I said, "Heaven forbid, get them to try to clean the kitchen." Oh, it's insane. Oh, they can walk. Could be with all the missing socks. Yeah, that's true. They can, they can walk by garbage cans that are piled this high and never think twice about it. So, but that's the same thing about our lifestyles and, and those that are Christians. We're in a, all of us are in different journeys. You know, all of us are different parts. It doesn't make it right that that stuff's in our lives. But when we're looking at other individuals, we have to be careful about, well, you know, you should, and, there's a difference between instructing a person on what we think the, the Word of God says. Hey, you know, that's something you probably shouldn't be partaking. That's not something that you should have going on in your life and whatnot. But that is why it's so important that you're in a church that teaches the whole truth. That was the other conversation I was having. I can't expect a person to have a biblical view on any type of sin if they're in a church that sugarcoats most sin. They'll never, they'll never get it, you know. They have to be in a church that truly teaches the Word of God, no matter if it's hurtful or not. Okay, and that's the same situation with Adam and Eve here. Their downfall was they did not stick wholly to the exact <coughs> Word of God, and then allowed this to slip. Um, so you have that question. Listen, um, you know, I, I believe wholeheartedly Adam should have told Eve no. You know, he, he was, he's the one that God instructed it to. It was his job to pass it on to her, whether he did it incorrectly or whatnot. When she came back, I personally believe that he knew that it was, was I think God made it very clear what that one fruit 
was, okay? Um, should have just not eaten it, you know? He should have searched for God instead of cover. You know, when he realized that what they had done, when they found themselves naked, instead of covering, they should have searched God out. This is what I did, you know? I'm sorry. And they should have taken um, responsibility. We move on. I love these verses. These are probably some of my fam- most favorite um, verses 12 and 13. Someone read those for me. And the man said, The woman who thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. <laughs> Neither of them did what was right. And Adam turns, and not only does Adam blame Eve, right? But he blames God, the woman thou gavest me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm seriously talking about boldness. I mean, here you're talking about God created you. It's not like we're 7,000 years later, right? And the whole idea of God, you know, people argue if he's true or not. You're talking about God made you, right? There, you walked in the garden, and your argument is, well, the woman you gave me, like it's God's fault. You know, man is bold in our sin. Um, you know, and then, you know, he's pointing the finger at Eve. And what's Eve do? She turns around and goes, well. Passing the buck. Yeah. <laughs> this concept of it's someone else's fault started in the Garden of Eden. Okay, it's not a shocker when people try to pass it off on, uh, I was born that way. I can't help it. That's how I was raised. You know, you know, I didn't know any better. You know, all of these arguments, that's, it all started at the beginning. And this, these have plagued mankind from this day forward, all the way through. Um, this idea, and some of these things that I pulled out here, I want, if you guys are taking notes, I want to go through some of these. Um, so you have what I call the, the path to disobedience, all right? So you first... First thing is you give place to doubt. If you allow that seed to sink into your head, the devil's got his foot. It's just like you don't let the salesman get his foot in the door. Okay? Same, same idea. Then you have, you change God's word. All right, um, then that moves into you deny. Deny God's word. And then the last two is you lean uh, on your own on your own desires. And then you trust the wrong people.
Okay. Not necessarily. I think the doubt one's probably typically the very first one. The rest of that stuff kind of can be interchangeable. <coughs> but that's exactly what happened here in the New Testament, in the, in, in this, in the fall here, is these are the conditions that led them to ultimately making the wrong decision. This one right here, this is a big one, trusting the wrong people. We spoke before about how much... I don't know what you want to call it, power, how much they, she gave respect to the snake. Mm -hmm. You know, here you have the serpent telling you that what God is saying is false. He finally ultimately just denied. And, and she's, because he walked her down to some of this, she actually entertained the idea that maybe the snake knows better. And we have to, especially in today's, in today's world, you have to be careful on who you look up to. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because there is a lot of truth that a lot of those preachers and a lot of those teachers, there is a lot of truth. Go ahead. Well, that's going to say you could add in there, emphasize something that God's word out of context. Yeah, yeah that kind of changed the word. But yeah, you know, you, you kind of emphasize a different aspect of what really wasn't meant to be. Um, and so you just have to pay, you really have to vet those people that you listen. There's certain people that you know you hear on TV and whatnot that you know they might be right on some stuff but they are way off on other stuff they really are and you know there are some preachers and stuff that are really solid on the KJV but they are way off on other stuff you know so just because a person stands up and says I you know I, I was called by God does not make them called by God and just because, listen, I don't believe, these are Trevor's numbers. I would say over two-thirds of people that are preaching the word of God are not actual pastors called by God. Mm -hmm. It may be more than that. I think there are so many people that are up there <clears throat> preached as pastors are not honest, called men and women of God. Because God does not call so much confusion. He wouldn't do it. So there's only two sides. There's children of the devil and children of God. Okay? And we know the devil has no problem with speaking even whole truths and just twisting it with the emphasis of other things or whatnot. I mean, the verses that he quoted Christ, some of them were, you know, pretty darn close. You know, he has no problem with twisting some of that stuff around or putting a different emphasis on it, making it sound a little different. Well, when I talked to the creator of the world and said he was going to give it to him, it's like he created it. It's all his. It's already he his said anyway. he was going to give it to him. <laughs> trying to give and me something already owns. he said that to the actual creator. <laughs> Absolutely. But I can give you this, and it's like, wait, I created it. But he's not hoping that he wasn't thinking like that. And that all goes back to that mindset of that there's not really an adversary, when in fact, yeah. here we have, he attacks Eve, he attacks Jesus Christ, yeah. and ultimately, what was his original sin? What did he say? He wanted to be God. He wanted, he wanted to place himself on the throne. Well, you can't get much more bold than a person who tries to take over yeah. God's seat, right? And yet, the world is convinced that he don't exist. The Christian people, people that are so-called believers in Jesus Christ, I'm not even talking about religions outside of Christianity. These are these are children of God. These are Adam and Eve. And I believe the majority of the new or the majority of this 
is talk to us. We're the ones that have messed the children of God, not you know, like you individually, but you know, have messed a lot of this up. God expects the world to be against him. God expects the world to live in sin and not, you know. When he talks to people that need salvation, he talks to them different than the way he talks to the lost or, or his people. You know, I mean, the Pharisees, you generation of vipers, you know, and whatnot. So uh, we'll we'll go on. We'll finish this up. A lot to do with that, though, because all the songs about it, even the cartoons making him like a little pitchfork and little horns. I mean, everything pokes fun. Like it's not that serious. Yeah. Well, and there's even a TV show called Lucifer. Yeah. I've not seen it, but I have friends who claim to be Christians who say that they love the show. I'm like, well, what do you love about it? Because it's about your enemy. Oh, well, no, he does good things in the show. Really? <laughs> So, I mean, I forgot. I mean, everyone's trying to just downplay who he is. You know, I, I think the devil's for the long game. You know, I, I I believe that the devil will, if he can just, he'll lose you. If he can get you off a little bit, so down the road he can get he can get your lineage. And it's really sad. You sit back and you watch and you see families that um, serve the Lord. And little after little, you see less and less of their children and their children's children. And yet, you know, Grandma and Grandpa were hardcore soldiers for Christ. And you think, what went wrong? It doesn't take a whole lot for that kind of stuff to spin out of control. And they sing, you know, entire generations are gone. When before there was, you know, armies. So, you know, this world needs to know, and, and that's, it's our job to let them know. I know the preachers today are like, well, you know, we just want to preach love and happiness and not, people have to know that there is someone out there to get them, you know, they need to know that, but they don't teach it anymore. It's not, call it fear mongering, but you know, they, they still teach all that other stuff in the world, you know. Okay.